It is draft day in the NFL, become a bit of a holiday for sports fans. Man, this NFL draft is a monster. Uh, no, I don't have a mock draft, not updating my board, but I do like good stories. And the Kilcoin conversation with Rocky Arsenault, St. Louis-based NFL agent over the years, represented Marshall Falk, Ezekiel Elliott, Eric Dickerson, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, last year first rounder to the Chiefs. We made... Uh, a couple of jokes about it. Said Rocky is basically the running back agent. When you think about some of those names I mentioned, been doing this a long time. His first draft was 1992. It's got Jamar Chase, wide receiver out of LSU in this year's class. But I thought we'd tell a few draft day stories over the years, including when the Rams took Steven Jackson. That was another client of Rocky's. And he happened to be representing Marshall Falk when the Rams took Steven Jackson in the first round. In 2004, I don't know that we've ever talked about it before. Pretty interesting story how that played out and what the reaction was from his current client, Marshall, about the new client, Stephen, joining the Rams. And uh, while we've got him on the horn, we decided to, uh, I don't know what that means on the horn, but while we were talking, we followed up on the latest story, which is that Southern University is interested in hiring Marshall Falk to be their football coach. Continuing the trend where Dion. Deion Sanders went to Jackson State University. Eddie George recently hired by Texas Tech. And it sounds like this thing's, it's got a chance. So that's uh, one of the updates from Rocky talking about the draft itself, moving it around from city to city. The Kilquin Conversation is presented by Appliance Discounters. They're well aware of all the cannots that the other appliance guys tell you about. When you need that appliance and you need it right away, well, Appliance Discounters wants to make your life easier. Offering a full in-stock, 40,000-square-foot warehouse full of GE appliances. Times are difficult enough. Why wait two, three months for that appliance when you can get it in just a couple of days? Lowest prices, GE rebates, great service, and in-stock only at appliance discounters. Go to the showrooms around town or shop online. Theappliancediscounters.com. As always, our savings are your savings. Also, great sponsor, Triad Bank. St. Louis based bank since 2005, five star rated bank. So they have they check all the boxes in terms of what you want from a bank. But some of those things that don't get qualified by the government or the state regulators is the personal service, the fact that they're actually friendly. I used to always joke about how I love their pens. You can go into the lobby and make yourself a little Keurig coffee and see the folks working. It's not this big sterile environment with no more people, which is what the the big-time banks are all headed towards. Everything's automated. Well, neighborhood-friendly bank. I keep saying that about Triad Bank. So if you're not happy with the bank you're going to, make sure you check out our friends at Triad Bank. In Frontenac on Clayton Road, also on the web at triadbanking.com. And another Kilquin Conversation sponsor for a long time, Marie de Villa Senior Living. They're at the corner of Clayton and Wideman Road. Take a virtual tour at Marie de Villa Dot com. It's a beautiful campus. They've got the Villa Estates, assisted living, all types of care for senior living. Again, mariedevilla.com is where you can take that virtual tour. And now a little draft day conversation with the longtime NFL agent, Rocky Arsenault. Hey, what, what year was your first draft? Do you remember? Uh, 1992 was my first first rounder. Marsha was 94. Who was 92? Todd Kelly. Todd Kelly. All right. Give us some. First in- round pick of the San, San Francisco 49ers. 
give us give us some insight like on draft day is all the work done are you calling teams and pitching your client are they calling you what happens on draft day um it's a little bit of both i'm, I'm uh, actually receiving calls from teams uh making some calls and and it's in this instance this year um with jamar being a kid that's uh coveted by a lot of teams, but, you know, you have a rare situation where they're, they're pitching quarterbacks to go in the first four picks. I think it's a little bit tougher. So this is a year where we're, we're doing a lot of initiating calls, trying to get teams later in the first round to uh, hopefully make Jamar the first non-quarterback uh, drafted. So how does that work? you got Jamar Chase, wide receiver, LSU. So do you look at a team's need and say, listen, somebody that really needs a wide receiver, have your team or yourself call those teams? Yeah, yeah, and this is a, a somewhat of a good situation for us with Joe Burrow, his former quarterback at LSU, being at Cincinnati, and Cincinnati being, if you want to say, the first uh, team on the clock that really doesn't need a quarterback. Um, a lot of teams are assuming that uh, Cincinnati will pick him, so it puts them in a situation where they could potentially may have some interest in contacting Atlanta, who has the fourth pick, and they're in a unique situation where they could go quarterback or they may not. Uh, Matt Ryan still has a couple of years left, so they could, you know, if something is really attractive, they could maybe put off getting a quarterback for a year or two and maybe moving down uh, a couple of spots to allow a team that's interested in Jamar or the left tackle from Oregon or even another team uh, that needs a quarterback. So uh, I think this year will be a little bit different. And so, so looking back, when Marshall Falk was number two overall to the Colts, how far out did you know they're taking him? No. So Dan Wilkinson, big daddy, the defensive tackle, went number one to the Bengals. Did you guys ever call the Bengals and say, hey, you should take Marshall number one? Give us an idea how that played out. Yeah, um, we actually worked the Bengals pretty hard. At the time, they had a, a, a pretty good running back, I think. And this is going back a pretty good time. I think their running back was uh, Amaya Green, I think. Uh, but, yeah, we really wanted Marshall to be the first pick in the draft. Um, it's pretty interesting. He wound up going second to Indianapolis. That was the only team that we hadn't had conversations with. They didn't even attend his pro day. Uh, at Marshall's pro day, we had all teams represented except for Indianapolis. So after he was selected, I talked to him and I said, hey, I didn't think you guys were interested. And they say we had made up our mind right when we were notified that he would be available, you know, early on that he would be our pick. So we didn't need to come to his pro day. So a lot of times teams know early on, a lot of them, uh, a lot of times I think they're still uh, unsure until they're on the clock. So that had to be pretty weird. When when they called Marshall's name number two, you guys had no clue it was coming. Had no idea. Had no idea. We had made visits that year to New England, um, Philadelphia, and all of those teams had picks in the top five. I think we visited every team in the top five except Indianapolis. And again, their position was we knew all along if he was going to be here at number two, we were going to pick him. And we didn't need to uh, interview him. We didn't need to see him run a 40. We didn't, we didn't need to see anything. But his film was so impressive coming out of college. I think uh, everybody felt that way with him, except for Cincinnati. How, how about Zeke? <laughs> how about Ezekiel Elliott going to Dallas, uh, number four overall? Did you know that ahead of time? How much heads up do you get that they're, they're either interested or they will take him if he's there? Um, we had conversations. That was a year where um, we had a lot of conversations with all of the teams in the top 10. And uh, Zeke was a, a different situation, too. But I had 
I had ideas that that Jerry was really interested because he's an old school football guy that that believes in building his team, you know, from 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 the running game. You know, he had invested a lot of picks in his offensive line. And um, I think the missing piece was the running back position. He had some success back when Emmett Smith was there. Um, so I, I felt like he felt like he could duplicate the glory years of the Cowboys if he had a Zeke with that offensive line. So, you know, and that one, uh, that one worked out. How do you know when a team's telling you the truth? Because a lot of it, like the agents all talk, right? The media is going to hit up the agents and they want to pump up their clients. So do teams lie to agents just to get the word out there and, and confuse other teams? Yeah, I, I think they do. But I, I think it, it's it's consistent throughout the business. I think agents, you know, lie to teams trying to manipulate, you know, the position of where their clients are. I don't do that, obviously. Um I'm uh, always honest with those guys. But, yeah, I think a lot of that goes on. And it's, uh, I think a lot of it's going on this year, to be honest. Is it, is it like Christmas for an agent, like draft day? Is, this, is there an adrenaline rush on a day like today? Um, if it works out for you, it could be. I, I think, uh, you know, for a lot of my guys, it's kind of the uh, culmination of a lot of hard work for the kids, you know, a lot of these guys have been playing football their entire lives and they work really hard for this. I was talking to Jamar a little bit ago at breakfast and uh, he just can't believe he's here. We were talking about him driving to these camps when he was a kid and not wanting to go and, you know, the success he had at LSU. And he's just like, I can't believe I'm about to be drafted. So um, it's, uh, I guess it's a little bit like Christmas. More to those guys than it is us. I used to say you were the running back agent. I might have to switch it up to the – you're the LSU agent, right? We had Clyde Edwards-Alaire last year, now Jamar Chase. You're the, you got a, a LSU pipeline going. Well, I think uh, I, I have somewhat of an advantage being from New Orleans and, and having a lot of relationships down there. I actually played Pop Warner football with Jamar's father. So, uh, you know, it's about time some of my long-lasting relationships from New Orleans pay off for me. Tell, tell our listeners about Jamar's game. I know they've seen LSU play, but w- w- does he compare to anybody at the next level? Um, I think he's special. I think he, uh, you know, his size, uh, he, he's big, he's uh, fast. He, he ran a sub 4-4, he ran a 4-3-4 at his pro day, and he's got unbelievable hands. So I think he's got the mix of, uh, you know, he's got the, the speed of a, of a smaller guy but he's got the hands of a, a dominant, dominant wide receiver. He kind of reminds me of a Sterling Sharp. That's what I always tell him. And, you know, being a kid, he's like, who is that? <laughs> it's Tara, all of our references now have to be Googled by these kids, you know? That's, that's exactly right. You're sitting in Cleveland, and I kind of like how the league moves it around, but I've also been to New York a couple of times, and that that's quite a big show there with the pageantry and did it at – Radio City, uh, what's it called? Radio City Music Hall, whatever. What, what do you think? Do you like it in New York? Do you like it moving around? Um, it depends on what city it is. Um, not to take a, a, a shot at Cleveland. I mean, it's, you know, the weather's not too good here. But, uh, you know, and it, it's a COVID environment. So, you know, New York is New York. But, you know, I know last year a lot of the guys, Clyde, for example, was a first rounder. He was supposed to be in Las Vegas last year. And I think that could have been a really good time for a lot of guys. Um, the year uh, Zeke came out, we were in Chicago. 
Adore Jackson the following year. We went Philadelphia, which was a great time. So, uh, I mean, I think it adds some excitement and some drama to it by moving it around. You know, Adoree's a great story from Belleville and then, what, moved out to California, plays at USC. Uh, he's getting paid. That So we, we count him as a local kid. Is that fair? I think Adoree would say that's fair. He, he uh, you know, he's actually in St. Louis now, uh, um, well, in Belleville. Um, he bought his parents a home uh, when he was drafted. And uh, he still comes back there for the offseason, but I think he has an infinity for, uh, for the bi-state area. Hey, how about another draft day story? When the Rams took Steven Jackson, there was a lot of talk about Dallas was going to take Steven because Bill Parcells wanted to run him back. Give, give me some insight there because you represent Marshall Falk, who's the established guy, and then his team takes his replacement that you represent how, how much did you know ahead of time and, and walk us through how awkward that was? Um, I didn't know ahead of time that he would fall that far, but I think that was a time when the trend was starting with what you see with running backs today, how, how uh, you know, they're not as much valued by teams. And um, I think when Steven had fallen, you know, into the mid twenties, it became a situation where that's where teams start to pick the best player available. And uh, we had talked to uh, Mike Martz at the time, and uh, I think John Shaw had reached out to me, and it was four or five picks prior to the Rams picking, and you know, they said, hey, uh, do you think Marshall would have a problem uh, with us picking Steven? And I didn't pay much attention to it because I didn't think Steven would still be there. Uh, three or four picks from them. And I said, I don't think so. And uh, I text Marshall at the time and uh, he didn't respond. I think he was on a golf course or something. Um, and two or three picks go by and Steven's still on the board. And uh, Jay Zygmunt calls me when the Rams are on the clock and he said, hey, we just turned in the card to pick Steven. And uh, I get a call about 10 minutes later from Marshall. And uh, that was a conversation I, I can't share. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was surprised, to say the least, right? I think he was surprised, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that had to be – I mean, you here you are representing a running back that's a first-round pick, and you've already got a guy who's an MVP in St. Louis. He, if he was surprised, what was your reaction? Um, I, I was a little bit surprised. And uh, I think uh, – after that, I think things settled down and, and Marshall realized he wasn't 25 years old anymore. And the team was big. And I, and I, I had to explain to him, I, I think it was a benefit. You know, I told him, I said, hey, listen, now you get to, uh, you know, take some plays off. You know, maybe this will add a couple extra years to your career. And uh, he took the role on as, as being a mentor to Steven. And I think the relationship worked out. I think, but, but that's, that, that's any competitor. Um, I know last year Aaron Rodgers was a little unhappy with the selection Green Bay man would love. Um, so I think anybody in that position would feel some type of way about the selection if they're selecting a guy at their position. Um, and, and most of these guys feel like, hey, you know, we're one or two players away. You know, let's fill those needs in the first round rather than, you know, picking my potential uh, replacement. Hey, since I've got you here and we've been talking all about Marshall, can you give us any insights? It seems that Southern University needs a football coach and they're interested in Marshall. 
you, you think there's any chance that could, I mean, play out? And I guess it will come down to potentially his interest in the job as well. Yeah, I mean, I've had some conversations with the uh, Southern U brass, and um, it initially probably was, was fueled by uh, Deion Sanders' acceptance at Jackson State and the publicity that he brought to uh, Jackson State University. Tennessee State followed up with, with Eddie George. And um, I think it's bringing a lot of positive attention, and there's some really good football at these uh, HBCU uh, colleges. So I think it's a situation exactly how you said. Um, I think Marshall is trying to figure out if this is a, you know, a move that he could swallow. I know he had some conversations with Mike Marks. He told me last night that he intends to talk to uh, Coach Ramil and some of his former uh, college coaches. But, you know, and I told him, I said, hey, you're just going to have to, uh, you know, commit yourself to it. And that's the way Marshall is. Anything he does, um, he commits himself. So uh, I think he's just weighing his options right now and seeing if he could if he could put the golf clubs down. And I always joke with him because that's another situation where he was the worst golfer I'd ever seen in my life. And he didn't like that. He committed. And now he's one of the better golfers out there. So if, if he decides this is something he wants to do, he'll be good at it. I think, you know, and, and I saw your uh, your post where you talked about him being, you know, a football guy. He's he's uh probably one of the more knowledgeable football guys I've ever been around. Yeah, I have no doubt, and we all joke with him about having to give up golf. But to your point, here's a guy who had a stutter who became a broadcaster, who Jerry Clinton, I think, made fun of his golf game, and then Marshall, that, that's it, got pissed off and bought clubs and got really good. If he does this, uh, I mean, I don't think he's going to half-ass it. I think he's going to be intense. Psych- I, I think he's got a lot to give, too. I think the kids would – I think he'd be good at it. I don't know if he wants to do it, but I got this feeling if he does it, because he always had a great take on everything. And as I said, he'll freaking tell you his opinion. And he'll tell me how wrong I am and how wrong you are. But I think he might be good at it. Yeah, I, I think he would. I think and uh, he has a quality to evaluate talent better than most. I mean, I personally, I think that, you know, he'd be perfect to run an NFL team because I think he's got some really good qualities as far as evaluating talent, which is, you know, really, I would say 60 to 75 percent of the NFL, if you do a really good job of, of evaluating talent and you can, you know, hit more picks than you miss on and you assemble the right coaching staff. Uh, I think that's that's the successful team. And I think with Marshall's ability to evaluate guys, I think he'd be perfect because it's a lot easier to coach a kid. That's a good that's a good football player than than the opposite, than, than the contrary. So a lot of these teams, you know, say, hey, this coach is, this coach is uh, the best coach in the NFL or this coach is not that good. I think it starts with the talent because I think you could coach a bunch of the guys that played for the Rams when they had the greatest show on turf. And that's not a knock on Mike Martz or Dick Vermeil, but it's just a lot easier to put guys in situations to be successful when you have better players. You know, I think that's a situation with, with Alabama. I have a lot of respect for Nick Saban, but he signs more five-star guys than, than the other universities. So I think he should win national championships at the pace he's winning. All right, final thought. Give me a draft day memory where you felt like everybody's wrong about your guy. They didn't take him early enough. Maybe he slipped into the middle rounds. Or Do you ever have a draft day where you're like, man, everybody's going to regret 
skipping on my guy or they're all passing on him. They're going to, they're going to eat it later. I think it was the same year Marshall was drafted in the uh, first round. Um, we had a receiver that played with Marshall at San Diego state, Darnay Scott. Um, I was thinking Darnay would be a mid first round pick and uh, at work Cincinnati so hard to pick Marshall with the first pick. Um, I didn't realize they were watching more film on his teammate at San Diego state than they did on him because they had already made up their mind on Dan Wilkinson. So I would say it's Darnay. He didn't go in the first round. He wound up being the first pick in the second round to Cincinnati and uh, had a really, really good career with them. So I would think that's one, uh, one of my memories. A St. Louis kid, Will Franklin's uncle, if I'm not mistaken, Darnay Scott, that's, I think number eight, right. a great career, over 400 receptions uh, for the Bengals. Well, Rocky, good to catch up. Good luck to Jamar Chase. Maybe we'll catch up with him after draft day and uh, enjoy the night in Cleveland. Thank you, Martin. Always a pleasure, man. Well, I really loved hearing those stories about the Steven Jackson pick. Uh, also, the fact that Marshall Falk goes to the Colts number two overall, and they had no clue that they were taking him, that the agent and the player had no clue the team was about to make that pick. I don't think that happens anymore with all of the social media and the amount of coverage, amount of pre-draft coverage that takes place. But fascinating story. And I, I, I'm also intrigued by this Marshall possibly becoming a football coach and he gets back in the game. Who knows? Maybe he ends up back in an NFL front office. I'm not sure if it'll happen. Got to put the clubs down. I joked about it. Rocky joked about it. Um, he loves to golf. And... Doesn't need to do it, but I think it might be a challenge, and he's a guy who likes a challenge. So we'll keep close tabs on that as well. The Kill Coin Conversation, you can always find it at scoopswithdannymack.com. All of our regular segments are posted on Dan McLaughlin's website. But also make sure you subscribe. Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. If you sign up with us, it'll be delivered directly to you. The Kill Coin Conversation presented, as always, by Appliance Discounters. Find them online, theappliancediscounters.com. All the great merchandise right there online. Marie de Villa, Senior Living, Clayton and Wide Monroe. That's in West County in St. Louis. Beautiful spot. Been there since 1960. And our good friend Red Shandings lived there for years. Part of the Villa Estates, but also on the board. Helped run things for many years with Fred and Mary Kay. Uh, the legacy continues. Beautiful spot. Marie de Villa, Senior Living. And also Triad Bank, a local success story and a bank that you want to do business with. Triad Bank in Frontenac, Clayton Road. It's about a block west of Lindbergh, real close to Highway 40 in Lindbergh. Easy to get to no matter where you are in the greater St. Louis area. Triadbanking.com is the website. Happy draft day, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon.